Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to be sharing with you 10 things I feel as though I have learned about myself during the experience of being single in my 30s and dating during this stage of my life. I really believe that relationships are our biggest teachers. Relationships allow us to have certain things that exist within us come to the surface and different opportunities and invitations arise for us to look at our own stuff and work on ourselves through the vessel of relationship. Now, when you are single, a lot of those opportunities for self-reflection, self-growth, efficacy, knowledge, all of that stuff, it's obviously not coming from that one-on-one relationship that you have with a long-term partner, but things certainly come up for you in shorter exchanges, whether that shorter exchange is just one date or whether it's a short-term relationship or a series of dates, things definitely come up and you have the opportunity to look at them and learn from them or the opportunity to ignore them, whatever, wherever you are at during whatever season of life, it depends. But I have been thinking lately, like there are things I have really come to know about myself that I don't think I would have come to realize had I not been going out and about on dates and meeting different people. I have wanted to record this episode with my darling little sister, Mill Morgan, but she will not come to the party on this one. I've asked her so many times now and she just leaves me on red. I'll be like, let's, you know, sit down and talk about things we have learned from different experiences. And she's a hard no. She doesn't want to do it. So I will do this episode solo and I'm going to share with you openly and honestly the things that come up for me when I reflect on what I have learned over the last couple of years. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, for context, I will say I was in a long-term relationship. I was married. That ended nearly three years ago. And in that three-year period, I had a boyfriend for 14 months, but I've been single for nearly a year now. So there were times when I would date, obviously, before that boyfriend in that space and then having that relationship. And then I've dated ever since, you know, that one ended. So that's just a little bit of context for you. I, of course, found ending, going through the ending of a long-term relationship incredibly difficult, but I think I repressed a lot of that and it came out then when my shorter-term relationship ended and I was 
devastated when that relationship ended. It really, really knocked me. So again, just context if you are new here. So I've written down 10 things I've learned. Number one is that the on paper stuff doesn't matter. And so what I mean by on paper is, you know, the the metrics that you might judge someone by who you don't know, such as their status, such as their job, such as the things they have. Um, like, you know how people say like, oh, he's perfect on paper. That stuff rarely, rarely translates into the stuff that I think a relationship really, truly needs. The on paper stuff, so far in my experience, seems to be more with that outside story of what you might imagine your life to be like, but it just doesn't really hold weight. It doesn't really translate to what you really need in a relationship. I have gone on dates with people who I would describe as being the perfect person on paper, but there are so many red flags there when you look past that perfect on paper that I just know, like I know now more than ever that stuff is not important. Number two, I have learnt, and this is the feedback I have had from people I've dated, that I am so much more comfortable knowing about other people versus them knowing about me. And I would say that is a protective thing, like a defense mechanism, like put a wall up and I'll get to know you but I'm not really going to put myself all out there early on for you to get to know me because I don't want to end up getting hurt. But the thing is, if I do that, if anyone does that, if anyone resists the urge to let someone get to know them because it's like, oh, this is going to keep me safe. Ultimately, it doesn't because then you end up involved with someone who doesn't know you or you end up feeling like they have a version of you that like you're not going to be that version all the time. So whilst it's a way of keeping yourself safe, it ends up just doing a disservice in the long running. Now, I'm not saying that you should go on dates and give away all of your secrets early on and be vulnerable with people that you don't feel safe with. But I have just recognized, and again, as I said, through feedback, literally people I've gone on dates with will say, oh, like you're really comfortable asking like I'm comfortable asking them questions and finding out information about them, but I'm not offering it up willingly about me. So that's something I need to be cognizant of and make sure when I am on a date, when I am engaging with someone, when I'm getting tangled up with someone, that it does feel like a two-way street, that I'm not just extracting information from them and acting like a therapist for them and never sharing anything about me. So that's been a big one. And that kind of goes hand in hand with my next point, which is to be mindful of someone who is not interested in getting to know me. I've certainly had dating experiences where because I will kind of have that veneer of a wall up to begin with, that person is very comfortable with that dynamic of it being all about them. And these are the guys that are not saying to me, hey, I'm noticing that I'm telling you a lot, but you're not telling me a lot. Like that's a green flag for me. If someone says that to me, hey, like I've noticed, you know a lot about me, but I don't know a lot about you because that tells me then that they are aware, they're cognizant of the fact that I have got that wall up. 
versus someone who is like, oh, very comfortable for all of the conversation to be about them. I need to notice that. There have been times when I've gone on dates and I've mentioned this in a podcast with Mill Morgan where, you know, like I'll go on a date with someone and they might spend a good 20 minutes, 30 minutes talking about their dog, but never ask me about the kids or walk away from that date not knowing that I have a dog as well. Like, and that's just interesting um, versus the sort of guy that will say, like kind of prompt me to share a little bit more. So it's just made me aware of, you know, the interest and attention that someone is showing me and if they remember things about me. I remember going on a couple of dates with a guy who I felt so comfortable with and he remembered my coffee order early on. I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like he's remembered what I order at the cafe and I just thought like that's nice. Like the attention to detail stuck in my mind, obviously, because I'm mentioning it now. Number four, avoidant attachment style people terrify me. I am so scared of getting involved with anyone that presents to have that avoidant attachment style. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, there is attachment theory in relationships. The main ones are secure, anxious, and avoidant. There are also sort of combinations of the two. And I feel like, of the three, sorry. And I feel like different people bring out different styles in you, such as if I'm seeing someone and they seem really secure I feel secure, but if I'm seeing someone and they present as avoidant, I feel anxious. So I do think there are interesting combinations out there. And I've done an episode in the past on attachment theories and styles. So you can scroll back and have a listen to that one. There's also a great book, which is just called Attached. And I definitely recommend reading that. Um, But yeah, avoidance terrify me. Like properly scare, scare the life out of me. And I don't want to be tangled up with someone. And it's not because, um, I go, Oh, that's the worst attachment style. And I think they're bad people. It's more just having had an experience with someone who I would say is avoidant and how much that hurt. I'm just very, very mindful of it and wary, which is another point. Number five, If someone that I'm dating, quote unquote, gives me anxiety, and I've got that in quotes because people can't give you, like it's not a gift they can give you anxiety, but there have been people that I've dated who I have felt a sense of anxiety surrounding the time that I'm seeing them. And having experienced that, I've really learned the importance of checking in with that feeling and digging a little bit deeper because that sense of someone giving you anxiety can also feel like excitement. It can also feel like a big like dopamine hit when they come through. So it can be like that kind of roller coaster feeling. It's not stable. It's up, it's down. You feel like it's off, then it's on, then it's off, then it's on. All of that stuff in your mind. And I've had that feeling with someone. I'm thinking of someone very clearly where it was you know, a small amount of dates, but I really did feel so anxious about them. Like it made me feel sick. The thought of liking them made me feel so ill. And I heard a quote recently that said, we only obsess over people who make us feel unsafe. And so I would say my anxious obsessiveness type feeling there 
would be because there were a lot of red flags and a lot of avoidant flags. And so it was already triggering me to feel anxious surrounding that person. So if someone is giving you a sense of anxiety, check in with yourself and see what is going on. It might be about them and the way they're acting, or it might be about you and the way that you're perceiving them to be acting. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There have been times when I've been dating people where I've thought for sure one thing in my head like thought for sure, oh, like I've read the room well and I've come to this conclusion and that's the right conclusion. And then I've been totally off. So we don't always know, but your body will tell you if you're feeling anxious over someone and it is worth digging a little bit deeper there and getting in touch with your intuition. And I know I say this all the time, but if you're struggling to access your intuition, get yourself a copy of the blueprint. The link is in the show notes. The blueprint will help you get in touch with your intuition. So when I say check in with yourself, if you're like, oh, I don't even know what that means, that's going to give you the infrastructure and I guess just the assurance, the reassurance that you do know yourself what is going on. So if you're feeling that way, pause, work out why. Another thing I have learned about myself, which is not something that is super exciting, or a great thing at all, but I have learned I really struggle to sleep next to anyone. And I think that that is a hangover from the last relationship where the person that I was with would often get up and leave throughout the night. And it wasn't at all about me. It was like he had his own stuff, you know, his own anxiety, his own stuff. Like he'd wake up and he'd just let, he'd have to go. And it didn't, I didn't feel like it bothered me at the time in that relationship because I understood that's not about me. That's his thing, but it's definitely left some like scarring where now I've noticed, oh my gosh, I can't sleep next to anyone because I have this fear of them getting up and leaving and feeling rejected and just, yeah, that like, oh, I can't relax next to someone because they're going to go, they're going to leave. And that's a horrible thing. That is a really horrible thing. And that is, you know, that's my own thing that I've got to like soothe myself because I know if someone gets up and leaves, I'm fine. But it's almost like I just don't want to make myself vulnerable to caring again. So yeah, if I'm seeing someone and we're having a sleepover, I find it really hard to sleep next to that person. And it's not about them. It's like a ghost from something before them. And I know it's a sensitive issue for me because the guy I'm seeing at the moment, he said to, I was like explaining to him like, Oh, I think this is why I find it hard to sleep. And he said, I would never do that to you. Like I would never get up and leave. I would never do that. And him saying, I would never do that. That reassurance, I got really teary and I was like, Oh, it's obviously an issue for me. If I'm having that reaction just with him saying, I would never do that to you. 
So yeah, that's something I have learnt about myself, a little scar, a little battle wound that I'm carrying there. Number seven, something I have learnt about dating is that the fear or worry or concern, no matter how small it is, like sometimes it's been like, whatever, sometimes it's been like a at the top of my mind because I've put pressure on myself and because of my stupid childhood beliefs and all of this stuff surrounding how I look, I have had fear surrounding going on a date with someone and them thinking I am just the most hideous person in the world. So fear or worry of someone not being attracted to me has never been founded to be a proper traumatizing fear. Now, what I mean by that is I am sure I have gone on dates with people who do not find me attractive at all, but they're good people and they're not going to say, oh my gosh, I'm not attracted to you. (sighs) I don't know if I'm explaining this well. Hopefully other people can relate to this. It might sound stupid, but when you're putting yourself out there to go and meet someone for the first time, the first thing that someone has to go by is how you look, right? And so I have definitely had fears of going on a date and turning up and someone feeling disappointed with the way that I look. And that fear could sometimes be enough to make me want to be like, no, no, I just want to stay home. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. But it's never proven to be founded. And I wanted to share that because it's never been that I've walked into a venue and someone's gotten up and said, oh, like, no, thanks. You don't look anything like your photos, like gross. No, not for me. And that's just something I've learned is like, you can have that fear and it can exist, but you can take the opposite action of just pushing forward and going through. And it's never proven to be a fear that is warranted. My gosh, I hope that makes sense. Similar to, um, it reminds me of a scene in Eat, Pray, Love when Julia Roberts is talking to the woman she meets in Italy. I love that movie. And I can't even remember the character's name that she's speaking to. She says something about, oh, she's put on weight because she's been in Italy and she's been eating pizza and pasta and whatever. And Elizabeth Gilbert in the movie, Julia Roberts, her character says like in all the time that you've gotten naked in front of a man has he ever said like no 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 and like walked it back no of course not like he's just appreciative that you were there and that sticks in my mind because often we are so hard on ourselves and we've put ourselves under this microscope and we think the person we're going on a date with is going to do that like they're going to be judging us and measuring us up with their eyes in terms of our attract, you know, attractiveness and how they feel about us. But we're the ones putting ourselves under that microscope. And it's very unlikely you're going to ever go on a date with someone who makes a negative comment about how you look. And if you did, then that's great because that's the trash taking itself out. Like they're saving you a lot of heartache by showing you that behavior early on and that's not your person. But I guess I wanted to include that as a point because we find ourselves having these fears, but there's often no actual proof. It's like an unwarranted, unrealistic, unfair fear to have. So you can allow that fear to exist, but take the opposite action and continue to build proof that that fear isn't, um, likely to actually happen. 
I hope that makes sense. Someone let me know. Number eight. This is probably my favorite thing that I have learned. I would rather someone doesn't like me early on for me versus someone likes me longer for a different version of me. So what I mean by that is I think probably years ago, first starting to date, I was always very aware of how I would come across. Whereas now, a couple of years into it, maybe it's with like getting a little bit older and fine tuning what I really want as well. I would literally rather just 100% be myself and have someone not like me for that for me (laughs) early on versus drag it out and them like a different version of me whether that's a quieter version, a more polished version, whether it's a more extroverted version, whatever it is, I would just rather that they know who I am early on. And if they don't like me, great. Like just don't like me quickly for who I truly am versus like me for a little longer for a different version of me. And that one's definitely taken time, but I can see real growth in that area like real growth. So I'm glad that I've learned that. Number nine, make sure people's actions align with their words and make sure that yours do too. People will tell you so much about how they feel about you in terms of how much time they're willing to give you, how much transparency they're willing to give you. If someone is playing games and you have that anxious feeling, you know, just be aware, notice that and really check in with yourself in what you truly want. I know for me, I want someone who I'm not questioning, like their words match up with their actions. You can feel so gaslit when someone's words aren't aligning. And I've had that for sure when someone's telling me all the things, but then the actions aren't there to back you up. And it's confusing because you want to take people at face value and you want to believe people, especially people who are great with words, Um, you know, and if they're speaking to a part of you that is maybe not healed and they're really hitting that nerve, you might be more vulnerable to believing them as well. Number 10, um, I couldn't not include this, but when it comes to dating, I have learned go for the story. Don't have any um, any preconceived notions about the person that you are going to meet and don't have any pressure on yourself for what that meeting is going to eventuate into. Don't go on a date thinking, is this the one? Like, oh, this could be my last first date ever. You know, I could marry this person or I hope this person becomes, I hope that you know, I can see this person for the next however many months and maybe they'll be my date to da, da, da. Like just don't go into an exchange with any pressure of who you think that person is or who you want that person to become. Take the pressure right off, go for the story and go as the observer. And when I say go as the observer, I don't mean as in your nitpicking and observing every single little thing they're doing, although Mallory would tell you to do that. I mean, Observe the interaction as a whole in terms of how you feel. Notice what your body is telling you. Our body often gives us away. Are your feet facing away from the person? 
Are you wanting to cross your arms and kind of close off and give that body language? Are you wanting to turn to them? Are are they making eye contact? Are you comfortable with eye contact? Do you want your knees to touch their knees? Do you feel the urge to lean over and touch them and be flirty? Or does the thought of doing that just feel awful? Just notice, observe, observe yourself in the interaction, no pressure, Remind yourself that you have met people so many times. You know, it's easy to kind of be like, oh, I'm going on a date and put pressure on yourself. But it's just a conversation. You've done this before. You've had conversations before. And that's often what I'll remind myself if I am feeling a bit like, oh, do I want to do this? It's like, just take it as an isolated incident. You may never see this person again. It may be a fleeting connection. You might just learn something about them, or they might then end up introducing you to someone else, whether that be a work thing or a friend thing. Like you just don't know what's going to come from this interaction. So remind yourself of that. You don't know, be curious, go for the story, go as the observer and have no um, expectations on what's going to happen from there. And yeah, just be yourself. So those are 10 things I have learned about myself over the last couple of years of dating a variety of different people and pushing through to go for the story. As always, it would mean the world to me if you do take a screenshot and pop this up on your Instagram stories, tag me at Kylie Camps. I would love, love, love to see you over in our Frey Facebook group. We have about 1.6 thousand women over there now. I think that's about right, 1.6. And I love, love the space that we are creating there. Every Tuesday, you'll find me in there doing a live chat. And I feel like I can be my most vulnerable self in that Frey Facebook group. So come on over and join us. The link is in the show notes, completely free to join. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to share anything there. You might like to just be one of those members who's there and you can just benefit from seeing different posts and things like that. But if you do feel like sharing, we would love to hear from you. So join the Frey Facebook group and I will speak with you very, very soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 